this week on Generation Fangirl. Peter's like, what about being bachelors in Europe? And he's like, no, man, I was a boy back then. I fell in love on this eight-hour plane ride. Actually really impressed with his costume. They made it look really cool, and that's hard because Mysterio was made in, like, the 60s to be the silliest-looking villain. I don't see how Peter can go to high school, though, in his senior year, if everyone knows that he's Spider-Man and also maybe, like, a terrorist. Welcome to Generation Fangirl. I was born in the 80s. And I was born in the 90s. And together we talk about everything from Pokemon gym leaders to the multiverse and everything in between. Why was the multiverse a question? Because is it real? Is it Peony? Do we know? <laughs> After the... Okay. Um, first, before, <laughs> before I end this sentence, I want to go ahead and just blanket statement. This is going to be a spoilers episode for... Spider-Man Far From Home. And now that I've said that... I'm yeah, y'all have had time. Yeah, we've had like, like three weeks. Come back. It's fine. Um, I don't know if it's real or not anymore. Do we? Do we? I think they mention it in Doctor Strange, but after the events of this one, I'm like, well... No, they teased us and then everything was a lie. But was it? Not sure. But was it? Is it? So yeah, multiverse with three question marks. But before we get into that, I wanted to talk a little bit about Pokemon news. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the new um, game is coming out in November, which is so soon. I didn't realize it was so soon. Mm-hmm. And they have not only announced the Switch Lite, which yeah, is hilarious. I was going to mention that if you didn't mention that. It's funny to me because it's not, I mean, it is a Switch, but at this point it's just like a nicer 3DS, but it's not 3D. It's just a nicer DS because it doesn't switch from your TV to your handheld. It's just the handheld. Mm-hmm. But those colors are very nice. It's like a really big Game Boy Advance or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But um, I actually don't know how, I mean, I would assume that it's cheaper. It is. I don't about, know how much. It's about $100 cheaper. Okay, well, that makes sense. It looks really cute. But I don't know if I'm going to get it or not. So I don't have a Switch right now. And I do. Mm-hmm. I did want to get a Switch because I do want to play the new Pokemon game and Animal mm-hmm. Crossing. But oh, yeah. like, I know I want to eventually play Breath of the Wild. And that would be so beautiful on TV, like on the TV screen. So I like having the idea that I could actually use that function. But with the Switch Lite, it is just handheld. And that works great for like the Pokemon games or the otome games that are being ported to switch you know mm-hmm. i can just be chilling but yeah I know, I, i'm torn i honestly use it much more as the the compact size like not uh-huh. so much on my tv breath of the wild on your tv is amazing and there are just a lot of games that are kind of made more for being on a big yeah. screen like Smash Bros. Yeah, but I don't know. I just, me personally, like, I kind of just was always playing it in my bed or kind of in my room because it is kind of a hassle to, like, plug everything in and switch it over to the, you know, to the right port and everything. And it just, for whatever reason, I naturally was using it, just the handheld version, a lot more. So, I don't know. I think it just depends on what kind of games you want to play because if you're getting mainly for Animal Crossing and Pokemon, then I think the Switch Lite will be just as good 
Mm-hmm. And a hundred bucks cheaper, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. And it comes in that nice yellow color. And the mm-hmm. blue one, the blue one looks like Miku. So, mm-hmm. so you know, <laughs> Miku. This is somewhat unrelated. I mean, it's related to Miku, but unrelated. I went to AX last weekend and decided to stand Miku. So I love Miku now. She's my daughter. I bought my first Nendroid. Did you know that? My first Nendo? I did not know that. It's Sakura Miku. She's so cute. She's adorable. I love her. I'm looking at her now. She's my daughter. Yeah, that blue is a really nice color. Mm-hmm. Sakura Miku gonna... is pink, though. But, but I mean, if I was going to yeah, if I was gonna get the white, I would absolutely get the blue one. I would get the yellow terrible. one because it looks like lemonade but well i saw okay. someone online said that it looked like homer simpson and that makes me want to get it less <laughs> no it doesn't they're stupid it's like the color of homer simpson it is though no and then the gray is solid snake no what <laughs> i'll send i'll send you the meme i don't care <laughs> i i disagree i'm not i'm just not sure if i'm gonna get the light yet or not i don't know because breath of the wild on the tv i just feel like having a game that is like has so much detail in it would be mm-hmm. a shame to have only the option to play it on the handheld. Well, I think what but... you should do maybe is see if they're gonna have a bundle with Pokemon in November. With the light or with the switch? Uh with either. Yeah, that's a good idea. So I know they are I... they are releasing a switch light um with the Pokemon skin and it's like mm-hmm. a silver with like it has etched on the back the either the sword Pokemon or the shield Pokemon. Mm-hmm. I have not learned any of the Pokemon's names yet, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> but also in Pokemon news, uh, they revealed some Pokemon exclusive gym leaders for mm-hmm. each game. Gym leader B for the sword and then gym leader Alistair for Shield. And I was already gonna get Shield. I was about because- to say <laughs> I mean, because I love, because I love this stupid like shield dog Pokemon. But Alistair is a ghost type trainer, and he's so cute. And also in J- in Japan, his Japanese name is Onion. It's just wow. Onion, and I love that. So I'm getting Shield for sure. Which do you know what you're getting yet? I'm oh, excited. I'm getting Sword. Okay, yeah, that tracks. It's, so it why'd you ask? You. <laughs> I mean, I just wanted to just just in case it was throne i have some friends who are like i love b because she's my wife but i love alistair because he's my son and they can't decide i'm like true that's really that's that's a hard decision Mm -hmm. it's all right well since we last recorded dark phoenix came out and i won't go into it here maybe we have like a bonus episode where i can go off about it but i did see it like uh like four times yeah wait yes i saw it four times twice in imax it was really good i enjoyed it a lot and People, I think it got a bad rap, and my stupid Chrome app keeps recommending me articles about like, here's why Jack Phoenix flopped and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it's not, it's not a bad movie though. I thought it like, I I really liked it. For I think they then market reasons. it weird. They marketed it terribly, and I think that's yeah. ma- the main reason. But it's such a shame because it was like ushered out of theaters so quickly. But I really think that's just because of the marketing. They didn't promoted enough or in mm-hmm. the right ways and when they finally in my opinion when they finally like figured out how to market it as like the last cumulative x-men movie and they had a lot of old x-men actors come in and like say like why they like the x-men and stuff like that in videos on their on their twitter and stuff like that i was like this is awesome because this makes you excited to see the last vestige of x-men movie history but then they just like didn't keep up with that and they just did a very poor job of promoting it 
And to also the extent that they knew it was going to flop and so they didn't even try. And so it just made people more ambivalent to it, which is unfortunate. Yeah, this is going to be flashbacks it. to when Disney didn't know how to market Atlantis and yeah. Future Planet. And they did really, really bad. And I was like, oh, I like them. And then I grew up and I talked to other people and they're like, I freaking love Atlantis. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. But it did really bad. So they're Those never going to have. Those are very good. Those are good. And like, there are some problems with Dark Phoenix, but it's not a bad movie. And it doesn't make you funny or interesting to shit all over Dark Phoenix. You're not interesting for disliking things. Stop yeah. trying to ruin my fun. Anyway, yeah. That's all I'll say on the matter. But that's just. I enjoyed it. A way of life these days. I mean, the only thing I've got news-wise is I wish it was closer to August because, um, so there's, do you know about D23? No. So D23 is Disney Expo, basically. Oh, yeah. And it's yes. every other year. And yes, I do. So, <laughs> yeah, they, they're kind of teasing a lot of stuff. And I'm just like, ah. But then we also got Comic-Con that's coming up. Yes. But again, it's like nothing really. There's no real news other than things are happening. So I don't think I could ever get into Comic Con these what? days. Way too big. I know it's 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 oh it's a lot. Um, it's a lot. I I feel similarly about Comic Con that I do with Anime Expo uh, that I went to last weekend. It's like it's fun if there are things that you care about going on there, but. At least at this year at AX, there wasn't that much that I was very interested in. Um, Bisco Hattori, who's the creator of Oran High School Host Club, was it was her first overseas guest appearance. So oh, I did get cool. to see her. Yeah, and they had a, like an AX exclusive Oran Volume 1, um, which I think they are selling like the extras at Barnes & Noble. Um, mm-hmm. And it's really pretty. And it was cool to see her briefly for her panel. But otherwise, like they didn't have any really big things. Um, I remember a couple what was it two or three years ago when I went they were about to release Ace Attorney uh, Spirit of Mm -hmm. Justice so we were able to dress up and like see that release of the actual trailer of the game and play it firsthand before it came out and that was awesome and amazing but this time around there was not that much I don't think I'm gonna go back anytime soon because the lines were abysmal okay I saw saw horrible things mm -hmm. and there were just so many like bad anime fans. I'm going to take a stance here on our podcast and say that anyone well, wearing an or is, this, is this just for me? No, this is this is going to be public cuz okay. anyone wearing an Ahegao shirt or fucking track pantsuit is not a good anime fan. <laughs> just say that they're bad and I read a thing that if you burn an Ahegao shirt, it releases the spirits of all the girls trapped within. And yeah. I think that's what we should do with all of them. But god, there were so many at AX and it was really disgusting uh yeah but otherwise i had fun also earthquake also that happened yeah thanks for reminding me i have another fear now so scorpions and earthquakes we were on the 14th floor of our hotel room like uh, our hotel building and we felt the earthquake and like could see everything shaking outside it was uh surreal not a fan but would not recommend (laughs) yeah i have so i have a lot of friends like california friends and stuff and they were all talking about it, and these were people that, like, none of them grew up in California, but they'd been living there for, I don't know, a good five, six years. So they were, like, used to earthquakes and everything, but this mm-hmm. one really freaked them out. Yeah. And I found, 
because they were saying stuff like, oh, yeah, we were at Disneyland and they shut down That's all the so rides. That's so scary. And, oh, like, gosh. I would see – I'd see video because everybody had video of it. And, like, you can't really see it. It's something that you feel. Yeah. But you would see the chandeliers and the lights just go way – Oh, yeah. Swinging like crazy. And I was like, oh, no. And uh, that in the pools. Oh, my gosh. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. please come. Everybody come over to my house. We had, like, just gotten out of cosplay. And we felt the bed like start to like hit the wall. And we were like, that's weird. And then the the hangers in the closet started like bumping against each other. Oh, we were no. like, what's happening? And it felt like we were on a boat. Like, like you're just like in this little room and it's slowly swaying. And I started like, I had to stand up and start walking around like a madman. Just like, I need to be moving or else I'm going to start freaking out. Then I went out after it ended. Because it, it was like a minute long. After it ended, I went outside to the like in the hallway, and there were two other rooms with their doors open who were talking about it. Like, hey, we're all from out of town, and that just happened, right? Just wanted to like double check, make sure. I like flat Texas. That's nice. So, yeah, so that happened. But otherwise, AX was fun. Um, I got to cosplay Lucy from Detective Pikachu with my Psyduck and his baby Bjorn, and I got some really good photos of of, of us in the neon lit area of LA Live so yeah and you had a Bulbasaur with you yeah yeah she she made the our mutual friend dresses Bulbasaur made this big backpack and it fits so much stuff in it but it looked like Bulbasaur's pod it literally fit yes. like a whole wig head plus a bunch of other stuff so it was very That's amazing mm-hmm. it looked like y'all had fun and yeah. I was like jealous but then y'all had the earthquake so I was no longer jealous as soon as that happened we were like okay time to I think it's LA's been fun. Time to go home. Uh, okay, I went off on a tangent, but I wanted to ask what you mentioned that D23 is teasing stuff for Disney. What would they what do they have? Because I know um Frozen 2 is coming out this year, right? Yeah. Which is surreal because we've only seen like I guess we've seen like one and a half trailers. Well, I'm stoked for it because apparently they're going to like Autumn Land. Yes, I'm some character that looks exactly like me, and I'm like, oh, who is she? Who is she? She me? She me? me. So when Frozen came out, I really enjoyed it. It has a lot of flaws, and I think a lot of my opinions about it have been shaped with how popular it's become over mm-hmm. other things since its release. But I'm excited to see Frozen 2. And I think Frozen 2 is going to be able to take a lot more, be a lot more of an engaging story. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. We'll, maybe we'll have an episode about it because I have some thoughts, but I won't go off here. I would love to have an episode about it. Yes, Frozen. <laughs> 2019. Here we I don't stop. think we, have we done any like Disney episodes? I can't remember. Uh, I don't think we have. Oh my god, my time has come. Yeah, we haven't. We also, I also still want to do a Disney Channel original movie episode. Oh yeah. Because at work the other day, we started talking about Luck of the Irish for oh, some no. reason. Oh, that's no. that. That's a that's a movie. Sure is. <laughs> and but, the thirteenth year when he turns into a merman. Yeah. On his thirteenth birthday. Anyway, yeah. my tangent. <laughs> it's okay. So D twenty three. It's every other year. So they have one here at 2019. Last time they had one was 2017. It's this year. It's like the weekend before my birthday. So I have no plans to go. And mm-hmm. I was like, no, because usually it's like, I don't know, like late July or something. And this year it was just it was so late in the year. I was like, have you been before? No, I've never been before. Oh. 
So what they do, and it's like a big event because they have, there's always some sort of theme about whatever, like the next big thing that they're about to come out with. Like, so this year they're, they're doing a lot of Mulan stuff. Oh um, yeah, that's true. And they do a lot of like Disney legends where they have people come in and say like, you're, we're putting you in the Di- Disney Legends Hall of Fame and stuff. And so I know Christina Aguilera is one. So she's going to be like a big guest there. I know they're going to have a lot of stuff with the Marvel TV shows. So, um, and they're probably going to have a lot of stuff with this phase four MCU. Cool. Stuff. Nice. So it's, so it's, it's literally just like, here's all the big plans. Like I think last year they were talking, it was a lot of Star Wars stuff with the parks and everything. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So, that makes sense. Yeah, so it's like a lot. It's a big, big thing. And it's like right across the street from Disneyland. So like, that's fun. That's wild. (laughs) Yeah, it's super wild. And like, I always see pictures and videos and stuff. And I'm like, oh man, that would have been so fun. Because they always have like surprise guests too. Like I think Mm -hmm. Loki just like showed up one time. Well, you know, casual. Yeah. It's the Loki show. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe that was actually, maybe that was Comic-Con. It didn't matter. Anyway, but yeah, they have like surprise celebrities show up all the time. And if you Fun. like Disney stuff, and I guess now Marvel stuff, then yeah, that's right. where they I'm... make all their big announcements. It's kind of like San Diego Comic-Con, but like just Disney. It's stuff happening. I'm excited to see what they have to say about the Disney Plus shows, the Marvel ones, the Disney mm-hmm. Plus shows. Because especially in light of Spider-Man Far From Home and the end of Phase 3... So we've already done an episode on the MCU kind of almost up until this point. I believe it was before Endgame. Mm-hmm. And then we did an Endgame episode. And now, once again, we're back in the MCU because we all have a lot of feelings about this <laughs> franchise now. They it's so did this big. It's so big. Yeah. And, and while the Disney Plus shows don't seem to really pertain to this new information that we have from this movie, so we've got... It's going to be Loki, which I've written in my notes as the Loki show. The Loki show. Uh, The Loki show. Falcon and Winter Soldier, which I'm curious to see how they interact more. Because they were not really, they were not buds in Civil War. But after the end of Endgame, they're kind of, um, maybe they're tied with a sense of mutual grief for losing their, their good pal Steve. But I don't know how friendly they are. And then there's Hawkeye, who I don't really care about unless it's Kate Bishop. But I think it could be a good opportunity to bring her into the show. And then that way they kind of have groundwork for starting Young Avengers or something. They already have kind of groundwork for like Ms. Marvel as well. Anyway, and then they have a show called WandaVision, which is set in the 1950s and has Wanda and Vision in it. And I don't know how that works in the 1950s unless there was time travel. There's always but also Vision is dead. So... I don't know what's going to happen with that. About Spider-Man Far From Home, that opening sequence, that opening uh, tribute. Oh, I lost my mind. With, and when Vision so came funny. up, I was just like, this is outrageous. I and the- wasn't even, like sad. I was like, this is the funniest thing. I Amazing. kind of sat in disbelief in the theater, like, Am I really watching this right now? Is this is this real life? Is this what's happening? <laughs> yeah, so I guess let's start talking about the, sh- the movie. Yeah. What are your first impressions? You love that Spidey boy. How did this uh, measure up? I do. Um, I think it's it was just like a really fun movie. And I felt like 
it was a nice standalone movie because of course you can't not mention Tony at any time. Like, of course he's going to be relevant, but I felt like there wasn't a whole bunch of other MCU stuff coming in. It wasn't like in game part two or something, you know, it's like, yeah, in game happened. Yeah. And it was like the aftermath, but like the aftermath stuff was very minor. to the Mm -hmm. plot, it was just more of like, we have to acknowledge it because things happened. And so it was weird, but it wasn't part of the plot. And I felt like it was just, it was a Spidey movie and that was cool. So I enjoyed that. And I think, I, think uh, I agree with you that it was like, it's like, it's a fun summer vacation. It's, it's Spider-Man. Everyone's on vacation. But I think that while I agree that the, the end game aftermath kind of took a backseat, I think it really does color the whole movie though. Mm-hmm. Um, cause they do mention like it's set in the blip or at post blip. So we have people referencing that and how that changed dynamics, like in the school and with friends and family and things like that. But for the most part, the main cast was, they were all blipped. So it kind of is a full reset and we don't get too much change in their lives that much. Mm-hmm. Um, but once again, I think we ha- we have a movie where Tony's actions keep reverberating of yeah. just because of how big of a character he was and how much how many people he touched and how 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 big his enterprise was yeah i and i like that this movie similar to spider-man homecoming had reverberations from that and i wonder how they're going to continue like how what direction the spider-man movies will take because tony has been such a central piece in both the first movie, not only like because he was there and like mentoring him, um, which was, I feel like I, I don't quite remember how I felt when that happened, but I feel like it was a surprise because I wasn't expecting Tony to be in that movie so much, like as much mm-hmm. as he was. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. We also, we also had Vulture having been a villain because of actions that Tony did, like because of things that he caused uh michael keaton's character became a villain i liked in this movie the like reveal spoil spoilies uh the reveal (laughs) mysterio like they had flashback scenes to other movies and showed them in the background like hey we got this guy william who was yelled at in iron man one and we got these people from this movie and they're all background characters and then Mm -hmm. they, they shot like like jake gyllenhaal and his like Steve Jobs get up like he renamed my program (laughs) Barf and that was hilarious (laughs) yeah that was that was a cool little tie-in um I also just because I just thought about it and I don't know when it's ever going to come up but I so I had a co-worker see it it came out on July 2nd which is a Mm -hmm. Tuesday yeah I saw it on the 4th because Mm -hmm. I figured no one would really be at the movie theater on 4th of July. Was it it actually busy or? um, It was, I mean, it was full. Uh, It was a full theater, but it was also kind of a small theater. It was in one of the smaller theater rooms um, and it was at the draft house. And, but it wasn't, I don't know. I think it was just because it was like opening weekend technically, but it was fine. And so my coworker saw it on the second and you know, he didn't tell me anything about it, but he just said that it started off slow and I kind of disagree. I felt like the pacing was really good. Like there was a good balance of like plot and action. And then like, here's a funny thing because they're teenagers. So 
teenagers are kind of stupid and and like here's background plot and it's like there was a lot going on but I felt like it flowed really nice which is really hard to do (laughs) I mean because even before our reveal of Mysterio being just a just an actor um which is a little unfortunate like just because I, I knew a little bit about Mysterio before this movie came out so I wasn't I was kind of expecting a not only like a oh he's actually a villain twist but like a oh he's a big liar twist because mm-hmm. he's um what is he he's a he's like a stunt double in Hollywood or something who wants to be a superhero yeah he does like special effects and, and stuff mm-hmm. like that and I liked how they kind of revealed his you know ooh he was he was yes. lying the whole I love, time I and I was like just... I was waiting for it and I was like I don't know I love the the use of the drones thing. I think that was really clever, especially in like 2019. Like everybody knows what drones are. And so I just, I really love that mechanic that they used for all of his illusions. Yeah. And it's cool because we see, um, like we see Peter messing with Edith, like with the glasses and almost mm-hmm. killing Brad on accident. <laughs> what the fuck? And we see her send out the drone from her like space thing what hub whatever and then later when mysterio's identity is revealed we see that he's using similar drones to that or like the same drones so it's like oh we know exactly what those are because we saw them in play earlier yeah i don't think it was slow necessarily but it definitely felt like okay you're waiting for the other shoe to drop because it's like there's got to be something more to this yeah because i mean but i think that's just part of the sort of plot that they had going on because of course it's that sort of plot where it's like oh, I want to go on a vacation and not do superhero stuff. And then, you know, yeah, like 20 gonna minutes in, it's like, you can never escape. What was his nickname in, in Italy? The Night Monkey? Night Monkey. <laughs> I thought of you, like, immediately. I don't know why. I really like that we got to see more of Ned in this movie because I think he's really funny. Mm-hmm. And also when they hop off the plane and and... Peter's like, what about being bachelors in Europe? And he's like, no, man, I was a boy back then. I fell in love on this eight-hour plane ride. And that's yeah. hilarious. Um, and I like that, like, Betty, Betty? Yeah. I mean, Betty. Betty was really cute. Um, and I like that we got to see her even, like, before she was one of the little newscasters on their mm-hmm. um, school thing and explaining the blip and everything. I thought that was clever. And it's nice that we got to see more of MJ also. I love Zendaya. And... It was cool to see more of her acting skills here because in the first movie she's very much the aloof kind of like weird but cool girl mm-hmm. and in this movie and, and she's very background but in this movie not only is she like the object of Peter's affections but also we get to see her being vulnerable and voicing her own feelings mm-hmm. and how she says like it's hard for her to get to like know people and but she's also kind of figuring out that he's Spider-Man, stuff like that. And I thought that their interactions were very cute and, like, awkward, but in a genuine way. I'm really glad, because I feel like this is the first time where, like, at the very end, they had they had little kisses and stuff, and, like, their first kisses and everything. But it was, like, little pecks, because they're so awkward about it. It wasn't, awkward, this, like, it wasn't this, like, big, dramatic, like, Hollywood kiss. It was, like... She was just like, I'm going to smooch you, and now I'm embarrassed, so I'm going to go. And I'm like, okay, that's so much more believable. And I'm going to pick up my mace that I dropped, and <laughs> it's fine. Um, I, I, it, yeah, it's nice because it's not like, it's not any big dramatic upside down kiss mm-hmm. or like beginning of this epic story. It's 
realistic and it's grounded in the fact that he's still just a teenager and kind of he's, he's doing still, his best. yeah he's still like trying to live in to learn his life i was also so it was so upsetting when he got real beat up by mysterio right um when mysterio was like pretend like he like created a fake nick and like when they, they went to the in berlin like, oh, yeah. how do i describe yeah. all the illusions and then mm-hmm. he pretended to fake be shot by fake nick fury the other fake nick fury like his version of fake there's a lot there's a lot going on here there are a lot of twists and turns but then he mm-hmm. he hit him with a train he straight yeah. up just hit him with a train and i was like holy shit and seeing him limp around was really uh i'm gonna use the word satisfying it was satisfying <laughs> because we get to see him actually injured and in a way that you're like that's really fucked up a 16 year old shouldn't be beaten up that much and it's Mm. it's like they did a really good job putting mysterio against peter and showing just how much of a child peter is the whole like ending fight scene was very cool i thought i liked like when mysterio who is just like he's such a jerk and also just a coward and awful and he pretends to be dying and pretends to give him the glasses and then he tries Mm -hmm. to shoot him but peter's spidey senses are back but also, mm-hmm. why aren't they calling them Spidey Senses in this movie? Is it because that was the old movies? Are they just going to keep calling them Peter's Tingles? Because, no, <laughs> like, I don't know. It just never came up. And Yeah, I I will say, I, I, I want to get into the, the after credits reveals a little later. But I will say that I think having Peter say, execute them all, was a really weird line, even when it was happening. Mm-hmm. He was like, do you want me to execute the protocols? And he was like, yes, execute them all. I'm like, Peter, why would you say it like that? Yeah, it was a choice. <laughs> but yeah, I really liked Mysterio as a villain. I thought it was perfect for Jake Gyllenhaal because he was like, because he's he was playing like the handsome man, and but he wears a fishbowl on his head. But I'm like, okay, it makes sense that he's just an actor. Um, yeah, I'm actually I mean, really impressed. Also science guy too. Mm-hmm. I'm actually really impressed with his costume they made it look really cool and that's hard because mysterio was made in like the 60s to be the silliest looking villain oh you mean like his 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 redesign for this movie yeah i was like oh he actually looks kind of cool like even his dumb fish bowl looks cool right i i really appreciated that we got to see that he has so much of his like team working on this when um when the illusion broke and he revealed himself to be the villain and it was basically just like a cast party at that bar mm-hmm. and they were like shout out to you and to you we did it and all this stuff and he even has a costume woman and a script guy that's yeah, hilarious like, <laughs> so funny and she's just like steaming the cape and he's like it's very important that the cape be perfect that's it's very funny um mm-hmm. i also like that we got to see him in his like uh what is it called um like vr suit i don't know how to describe it the green screen suit but it's, it has all the, like the dots around it yeah the like motion sensor suit yeah yes the motion um, sensor. it was yeah. cool because it was i thought it was done very well in a way that it it's cool to see behind the scenes but it's not behind the scenes on the movie it's behind the scenes on their scheme um and seeing them practice and everything was very cool but I also like that he was kind of a friend to Peter for a little bit because he's like, Peter's a good kid, actually, but that doesn't mean he's going to stand in the way of my evil plot. Yeah, it was just kind of one of those things where it was like, oh, well, I got footage of him figuring out who I am, so I guess I have to murder him. Right? And he's Oops. very mad. He's just like, oh, like, 
you're gonna have Peter Parker's blood on your hands. I'm like, no, Mysterio, this is your this is your own fault. He was a very cool villain, and I think that the Spider-Man movies so far have done a really good job at creating unique villains with I don't know if relatable is the right word, but like interesting backstories where it makes it believable how they stepped up into the villain role. And it also yeah. makes it personal for Peter, not only with Vulture being someone displaced by Tony's own dis- own decisions, but also the father of the girl he likes. It makes it very interesting and in, like immediately personal for him. And then mm-hmm. Mysterio being almost a, a replacement father figure, but then relating very strongly back to pulling from Tony's mistakes. and makes me really excited to see what other villains they pulled together in spider-man 3 although i have no idea where the movie's going now after those post-credit scenes yeah i don't even know what the next uh movie is supposed to be about i don't think Mm -hmm. they've even announced it yet so i don't think they have either because we were looking at phase four and it looks like phase four is the black widow movie which is probably a prequel but i'm still kind of hoping that it's something that brings her back to life because comics can do that one thing that I was a little annoyed about in this movie is that I, I get it. Iron Man sacrificed himself and it's very important to Peter, obviously. But I wish we could have seen some murals around the world of Natasha also. But it makes a little more sense because she was a spy and so people don't really know about her. But she did release all of her like personal information after what Iron Man or um, Avengers 2 or Civil War or something. But... I don't know. I just feel like her sacrifice... I'm still mad about it. Yeah, I'm still mad about it. And seeing the lack of acknowledgement she gets makes me annoyed. And then Hawkeye gets a show? Whatever. <sighs> Why are they trying to make Hawkeye a thing? Like, Stupid nobody, I don't know anybody that's like, Hawkeye's my favorite. Like, nobody like, says Hawkeye that. is good in the comics, but in the movie, I am less than convinced. But anyway, Spider- or, so Spider-Man, this is the end of Phase 3. Phase 4 is going to have Black Widow, Eternals, and then a lot of sequels. Like, what was it? Doctor Strange 2, uh, Black Panther 2, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, and Shang-Chi, who I'm interested to see how that fits in with, how he fits in with the rest of the Avengers. But it's a little weird because it looks like that's the only standalone we're going to get other than Black Widow, but we already mm-hmm. know who she is. Yeah, it's a lot of sequels. Which, I mean, that's fine, I guess. I, l- I like sequels, though, because then it means that we already know the characters and they can do more interesting things with them. Yeah, um, because, like, whenever it's an, uh, you know, an intro origin story movie, it always kind of takes a little bit because it's like you have to get to know the character before they were a superhero. And that kind of takes up at least half the movie, usually. Yeah, yeah, so, true. I mean, but, like, I love origin stories, but I can definitely understand why, like, kind of people get tired of it because you're yeah. like you're just like i'm here to see this superhero and they're not even a superhero until the last third of the movie yeah it's like so I when, understand. when i'm when i'm re-watching things sometimes it's a drag to have to re-watch the intro or reread the intro because it's like all right gotta get through all this setup to get to the good stuff i know that's coming mm-hmm. but, but yeah. i will i'll take whatever you want to give me <laughs> I did want to say, like, so obviously this movie is littered with references to Tony and, like, pressure on Peter to, like, have another father figure 
Um, and like who's going to be the new Iron Man and showing Peter stepping into Tony's shoes and things like that. But I really like those moments of those moments that call back on Iron Man from the other movies, especially with Peter and interacting with Happy, like when Happy picks him up in the Netherlands, seeing Peter step into Tony's shoes and like having him build his own suit. And we see him like put his hand in and then like lift it up in the way that in the way that Tony did, too. And there was some there was some facial gestures that I saw from Peter that he did, that he was very much adapting Tony's mannerisms. It was really nice to see those kind of callbacks that he's not really gone. I'm, I'm, I'm sad that the era of Iron Man is over, but it's a nice bittersweet thing. Yeah, I don't I know if it was the uh, strong margaritas at the draft house, but oh, like this, yeah. this movie made me like slightly emotional at mm-hmm. times. I just feel like, it's very sentimental. It was largely it was largely a very funny, like silly movie, um, mm-hmm. playing on a lot of like the high school humor and hijinks. But it had a lot. It had had some good moments of heart mm-hmm. um, that I really liked, and I, I really like that we get to see again. Peter is a science boy, and sometimes I forget that with how many iterations of Peter Parker there's been. I yeah, I wanted all him, of his dumb little shirts. Right, he's an adorable baby, but I feel like sometimes he's kind of boiled down to just like, oh, he's an awkward teen, awkward kind of nerdy teen. But no, he's actually very smart with like science and technology. He's on a trip with his science class. They're all very smart kids. But seeing him talking with the program and learning how to build his own suit and what he needs and what oh, that stuff, I was just like, oh, reminds me, smart boy. I would like to give a shout out to that one teacher that was chaperoning. That was the like, witchcraft one. Yes, he <laughs> was like, as a scientist, these are witches. As a scientist, like, witches. So he's like witches. When and I was uh, like, Big dude. he's every time he's just like pretty sure it's witchcraft. He's like, I I'm a man of science, and this was definitely witches. I'm like, yeah, I, and I was like, what? <laughs> I, uh, when, so when, um, Peter opens up the box and gets Edith and put, puts the glasses on for the first time mm-hmm. and the bus and he's looking around, he gets to see people's texts and things. One of, um, the things it shows on the teachers, it zooms in on the teacher and it says like secret history of witchcraft or some shit. Like either <laughs> he's like the author of it or he was reading it at the time. Oh, they were a little God. Easter eggs, but I'm like, I, what does this mean? But when he was reading some of the texts from other people, um, like one of the students, it was it was saying like, "Hey, mom, can you send me more money or something?" Mm-hmm. But Flash Thompson, um, the like bully who I I love his role in it because it's so funny because he's always like, "Oh yeah, Spider Man's the coolest. I love him. He inspires me to be a better person." I love that like, they made up, him. <laughs> I love that they made him like a live streamer. Yes, like, Flash that Mom. So, that's so perfect it's so because awesome. that's the sort of like so character that he is, and so for him to be like, I'm gonna live stream every single thing that we do to my like five followers. I'm like, that's 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 perfect. That's exactly what that sort of kid would be doing. And I didn't what even if- think of it until he started doing it. I was like, oh my God. one of the great successes about these movies is how they so well. Um, like interpret the original cast of Spider-Man and like how teens were whenever Spider-Man was made. Um, And and since like the old movies, like the early 2000s movies to nowadays, because these teens feel much more real and make sense in the context of like modern day. Like I like how Flash is still also a science kid. He's not 
a big dumb jock. Well, um, I think your entire high school is a science math. Yeah, like they're all like smart oh. kids and it mm-hmm. makes sense. It's not like, they're not stereotypes of what high school or like high school TV shows or whatever make. Um, but with Flash, I feel very sympathetic to him and sad for him because so when he puts on the Edith, when Peter puts on the Edith glasses and he's reading texts, Flash's text, he's like, it's sending it to his mom or something. And it says something like, hello, mother and father. Um, I'm, I'm doing okay. I was wondering because I hadn't heard from you in several days or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then later when he gets picked up at the airport, when they come home, he sees his like chauffeur and he's like oh hello uh mother couldn't make it and the chauffeur's like no i'm like what is this what is this subplot of flash not having present parents and it makes me really sad and i want i want to know more about flash i like that they made him a lot more likable because usually flash is just he's just the bully he's just the like popular kid and in this movie it's like he wasn't mean he was just kind of obnoxious yeah so like he's also like he like I he may be popular, but largely it's like he's kind of one of those teens who he's acting out for attention and mm-hmm. he has his own problems and it's nice that they kind of reflected on that a bit. Mm-hmm. It, it it's a shame because it makes me just want to see more like another movie of just him and his classmates because I just want to know more about them. But after the events of the post credit scene everything's going to be crazy the next time we see Mm Spider-Man. So I did do a little bit of investigating and it looks like um, they are, you know, they are obviously going to make a third film. I mean, duh. And it's going to be set in senior year. And uh, I think a lot, there's just not a lot known about it because there hasn't been an instance in the comics where, his identity was revealed while he was like in high school, you know, while he yeah. was still in his early careers of, because the only time I can remember is when he revealed himself during um, uh, the civil war comics, but he was already like married and he was in his yeah, like, more like working at the Google. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so they don't really have like a plot from the comics to go from. So I think, that's why we don't really know anything that's going on. So that's kind of that's so exciting. interesting. But like senior year, oh man, yeah. it's probably senior be called year. senior year. Honestly, yeah, I could I could see that. I'm so curious about it. So let's talk about that one mid credit scene, and then mm-hmm. I want to talk about the other end credit scene. First of all, J.K. Simmons. Mm-hmm. So obviously, if you're listening to this, you have seen the movie. But a quick recap of it is that. Spider-Man and MJ go swinging around and then he drops her off, which is hilarious because it's very, again, realistic in the fact that swinging from a spider's web, clinging to your newly minted boyfriend would be terrifying and maybe not fun. And I love that she was just screaming the entire time and frizzy haired and very relatable. Mm-hmm. MJ's the best. Um, but they get stopped and they see a news reporting about a video that Mysterio left behind, which... I can only imagine is what his programmer guy, William was like saving and taking out in the USB thing. Mm -hmm. We saw that briefly after Mysterio died and it frames Peter for saying the phrase, execute them all. And seeming like he was in charge of all the drone attacks and stuff. 
mm-hmm. um, which makes me so mad at Mysterio because he's so damn clever. And even in death, this is exactly what he would want to be known as the greatest alter dimension hero and his whole plan succeeded. And that makes me so mad. It really steams my beans. I hate when the villains get their stuff. My beans. I, I mean, that's really kind of the life story of, of Peter is that like, Mm -hmm. he always is, you know, he's always a good kid, but then like things get twisted around to where the public hates him. And he's like, ah, it's just so frustrating and sad but it was then we get to see a cameo from jk simmons which was mm-hmm. very wonderful because mm-hmm. he also played james jameson james jameson i forget J- his first jonah name. J- jonah jameson jonah jameson J-J-J. and the other movies jjj jameson uh mm-hmm. and it was really delightful to see him because they they kept his appearance pretty well under wraps and i was like startled when I first saw him I was like oh my god it's him we need pictures of Spider-Man <laughs> um, and also seeing Peter go like what the fuck yeah. the end, it's very relatable but also I'm like very distressed because I don't know how he's gonna deal with that and now they know he's actually Peter Parker and that was a really good ending scene mm-hmm. it's the MCU movies sometimes like they, they can have issues or whatever but they always leave me wanting more and that's very successful that's good though yeah exactly do you think mysterio is actually dead no no i feel like he is but i'm also maybe i'm just the gullible sort that they're trying to trick he's always an illusion everything's a lie but peter asked edith is this real and she said yes and i would i would assume that the glasses would be able to tell him that this person is deceased but he may have been too distraught to figure that out well, I mean, it told him that it was really him, but mm-hmm. didn't tell him that he was he was dead. Mm. He should have sent someone up to that bridge to collect the body, probably. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, there's no body, so you never know. I don't see how Peter can go to high school, though, in his senior year, if everyone knows that he's Spider-Man and also maybe, like, a terrorist. Yeah, well, that's what we're going to find out. I know! Just so dist- Why don't you have the answers for me, Peony? I'm so curious. So I've only seen the movie once, mm-hmm. but me after too. seeing it, I, I saw it, I saw it yesterday, so it's fresh in my mind. But I really want to see it again, especially with the end credit scene um, mm-hmm. of Nick Fury and Maria Hill being revealed to be scrolls, and it's mm-hmm. Talos and his mate Soren. And Which first of all, I felt so dumb. I was like, oh, why didn't I see this coming? Right. So I I noticed one thing during the movie, they were like, Nick Fury was muttering something about like, and I thought like girls having sleeper cells was a, like a big secret or whatever after Mm -hmm. Mysterio got revealed. And I was like, what does that have to do with anything? Like, okay, that's kind of a weird like callback, but I love that we get to see Talos again. And also I like that him and his, his wife are okay and Mm -hmm. do it well. That makes me happy. But one thing that was so perfect it makes a lot more sense now um when peter first meets beck and all of them are kind of like underground and 
Peter's asking Nick, like, hey, uh, what about the other Avengers? Like, can we get anyone else? And he's like, Doctor Strange. And Nick's like, unavailable. And he says, Captain Marvel. And Nick says, do not invoke her name. I was like, <laughs> oh, damn. Because same, first of all, same. But also, that makes a lot more sense having it be Talos saying that. And I also like the idea that Nick is like, no, don't even speak Captain Marvel's name in my presence. Like, <laughs> she is above all of you. She is too important for this shit. But it totally makes sense with, like, Talos being like, I, I, everyone asks me where the Avengers are and I don't know what to say to that. I don't know what's happening. But one thing that makes me, so it, it makes sense in context of like Nick Fury, we're used to seeing him do kind of more badass stuff. Like in Winter Soldier, the whole like car chase scene and his escape was really, really cool. I love that when S.H.I.E.L.D. was falling. But seeing him just kind of like standing in front of the window, like just chilling as all this shit goes down. And then Maria Hill goes up to the roof and shoots down the drone that's, like invisible and possibly going to kill him that one shot though with maria hill where she explodes the drone and then she grins and she says got it that was mm-hmm. amazing i was just like i just want the whole movie to be about her and her smile because she's perfect but um, then i'm a little bummed that it's not actually maria hill but soren is very cool too i really like the scrolls i was reading an article uh that had a quote from the director john watts and he mentioned how they were originally in the movie going to have a tease, uh, like a tease to reveal that Fury was a squirrel early on um, for the fans. But they decided not to go with it, probably because it would have been too obvious. But he said that we were going to have him eat d- diagonally cut toast, um, <laughs> which is referencing the Captain Marvel dialogue in which she said something like, like, how do you tell who who, who is or isn't a scroll?" And Nick Fury let her in on his very secret, like, preference of I don't eat toast cut diagonally but apparently that would have been too much for the fans because they would have known immediately so they didn't have it in that and I'm like okay I totally forgot that was a thing but I also feel bad for Nick Fury because he's just chilling on his fake beach um and he looks at his drink forlornly after he gets his message from Talos and the drink is like all the way full did mm-hmm. he even he did it doesn't even look like he had a sip no nope. poor man my poor dad <laughs> I also saw a reference that this might be, so he was in space doing, I don't know what, but it might be the beginning of the new agency called SWORD, which is Sentient World Observation and Response Department. Oh, I've never heard of that That's what the internet told me. So time will tell, but get it. We get SWORD to replace SHIELD. Um, Now we're going on the offensive. And I'm like, all right, all right. That's so face, face four, let's do it. Did you have anything else to say about your Spidey boy? Because that was my last note. Just that I'm very proud of him. <laughs> I, I am too. And I'm worried about him. He'll be okay. I He'll hope so. Mm. Is this our last Marvel movie of the year? I don't think so. There has think, to be something coming out at the end of the year. I think it might be. Because we got Star Wars at the end of the year. Um, I will look it up real, real quick. Yeah, I don't think anything's, I think everything's been, is coming out, you know, next year at the earliest. Mm-hmm. Weird though, because now I'm just like, oh, now it's over. Like I said, we will probably hear a lot more in August during D23. There, that that's probably sense. why, like, you know, they're not going to reveal everything and they won't have anything to talk about. So we will know more in about a month and a half. So yeah, I, I got nothing. Cool. Cool. I got, I got nothing. 
I, it does make me want to go to Italy, though. Yeah, yeah. I want to, the Prague, the whole Prague scene where they have, like, the Festival of Lights and stuff. That was Oh, yeah, that was so cool. I was sad that they had to, like, leave. That one opera moment where Peter leaves and he looks back and he sees Brad taking his seat and Brad gives him the middle finger as the music swells and the lights go red. I was like, yeah. that's very funny. <laughs> it was a funny movie. It's hard to make teens funny and likable. I also felt like it was a funny movie and I liked what they did with it, but it was such a weird, like it was kind of a weird feeling coming off of Endgame and mm-hmm. the somberness of all of that to then be hit with this and I will always love you. Like I thought it was amazing. Musical tribute. It was great, but I was just like, oh man, I've, I've realized I'm not yet recovered from Endgame. Speaking of which, we're still showing Endgame. Wow. With the re-release, there's like 10 extra minutes of footage. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. And I had a coworker that was like, I'm going to get tickets. And I'm like, why? I heard it's not very, not much. Well, they said that there was a different ending. And I'm like, really? I don't believe that. No, there's not going to be a different ending. There's going to be like an extra five minutes of something that they cut out. And the ending's still going to be the same, except it's going to have like extra dialogue or an extra joke or something. They're just going to talk more about America's ass. Please. What's in the new scenes? Okay, there's a a tribute to Stan Lee, a deleted scene with Hulk. Yeah, see? A scene from Spider-Man Far From Home. Oh, see? Okay, well, this is like cheap. So apparently the scene from from Spider-Man Far From Home is the one where uh, Nick Fury and Maria Hill see uh, Mysterio for the first time. Which, yeah. Cool, what a money grab. Yeah. And I was trying to tell her, I was like, they're just getting your money again. It's because they're trying to beat Avatar. (laughs) (laughs) Literally it. I'm like, but if you have a movie that has extra stuff in it, is it the same movie? Like, does it count? I feel like it should count, but whatever. Like, I guess they're just, they're just giving people another opportunity to go sit in a movie for three hours and drink (sighs) money. And I'm like, listen, I guess I, I get it, but. I guess. Well, this has been Spider-Man Far From Home. Yes, he's back home. He's back home now, where he belongs, but also things are very bad back home. So we'll it's see. Okay. We'll see where <laughs> it leads us. He always is. Yeah, he's always doing great. And next time, I don't know what we'll talk about next time. but Oh, I want to do some Disney stuff, man. Yeah, let's do that. It sounds like fun. Yes, my time has come. I can talk about Disney stuff all day, but you better get ready. I'm ready. I'm ready, for ready. I'm ready for you to fill me in on everything that happens at D23. I will. So you are my, you are the resident Disney expert here. Mm-hmm. It's true. Okay. Well, in the meantime, stay magical. Stay magical, everybody. Bye. Bye.